1: You believe in Jesus Christ? That's good. How convicted are you of this belief? In other words, when things start going south, will you head south with it? Or will you stay the course? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. From fair-weather skiers to winning season-only baseball fans, it's real easy to find folks who follow the main flow. But when things get a little tough, do they continue the course? You know, as believers in Christ, you and I are called to stay the course, to maintain a strong conviction. And that's what we're talking about today here on Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from the well a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 is where we find Napoleon Kaufman today as we begin our time together looking at the strong conviction you and I are to maintain as Christians. One of the, the
2: meanings of this word conviction is it is the state or appearance of being convinced. So conviction has to do with being convinced the state or appearance of being convinced as of the truth of a belief okay as of the truth of a belief it is a strong belief okay all of us here have to maintain a strong conviction when it comes to who god is when it comes to the doctrine that have been laid out through the apostles and they, and it, this means that when it comes to the doctrines, when it comes to who God is, that we will not be moved. We will not budge. We will not change what we believe in terms of the truth of God's Word. His Word has the final say. Amen? And all of us have to have this conviction. And I say this because... In, in the world in which we live, at, live in at this time, there is mixture. There is a pushing uh, towards, uh, from the culture, there's a pushing on the church to move off of those points that are biblical absolutes. And for us, we have to have and maintain this strong conviction in our life and do it with love in our hearts, do it with compassion. Do it knowing that we are ministers of reconciliation, that God wants to use us to change people's lives and to change people's circumstances, and that God through us, is we are an extension of him reaching out into a dying world to see people's lives changed for his glory. And so for all of us here, it's something that has to be fixed. And and what we do is, and I see this a lot, is that people will uh, budge on, on points Based on the level of pressure that they receive. Never be pressured out of God's standard and His will for your life. And His will for our lives as Christians. The first century church was birthed in this type of culture. Where there was a push from a religious system. There was a push from a political system. There was a push from family. There was a push on these individuals who identify with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, who chose to walk with Jesus. Some of them, these people that followed Jesus, were ostracized. They were told that they were crazy. They were, they were cast aside. Some of them were rejected and kicked out of their families. So many things happened as a result of them standing with Jesus, identifying with Jesus. But I love the Bible because when you read the book of Acts, you see individuals who had a strong conviction. They maintained a strong conviction. And God was able to use them as examples for us and then ultimately to change the world. Because they maintained this strong conviction. They were firm in their belief. They were strong in their belief. And they had a strong belief in God's truth and in God's word. Acts chapter 5, we see a story here that I think is profound. And there's a few things that we can draw from this passage of Scripture that will help us to maintain our strong conviction as we're walking with God in the midst of a culture that is constantly changing. And in some cases becoming more and more adversarial towards people that really want to walk with Christ. The apostles have, uh, have, have seen God through them do miraculous things the spirit of God has been released people were highly esteemed miracles were taking place deliverances were taking place Uh, the word of God was coming forth with power and at that particular time it says here in verse 17 it says then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him which is in the sect of the Sadducees and they were filled with indignation They were mad, they were angry because of the influence now that these individuals were receiving, the apostles, and the impact that they were having. And I want to just say this, never be surprised by the backlash you receive for your commitment to Christ. It's built into uh, what we're called to. Sometimes you're going to have indignation released against you. You don't know why, but you know why. It has everything to do with the fact that God is is moving in your life and he's trying to use you as an instrument of light in the midst of great darkness. All of us are going to deal with this in times. In the first century church, they were not immune to this. It's what they experienced. Ignition came against them because of the, the works that God was doing in their life. It says in verse 18, And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night... But at night, but at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Said, let them out of there. And this is one thing that I love about God, that God is the justifier God knows how to free you. He sent an angel, one angel. Get them out of there. And for all of us, we have to see that when it comes to our walk with Christ, when it comes to be, being a Christian, <laughs> whether you realize it or not, you are not in the minority. Do you know how many angels that God has that are fighting on your behalf? Do you know how many, how many pitfalls he's got you out of and even you didn't even know you were in them? Do you know how many traps the enemy has been, have been thwarted by the Lord and by the hand of God? And you were just driving to work. You didn't even know the devil tried to kill you. But the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. And he delivers them. That God is always working on your behalf. And we have to learn that God is all powerful. He's all powerful. He possesses all power. And that if this same God is my Father, then I can rest in His hands. I can rest in His hands. And the apostles, they experience they experienced this on a day-to-day basis. We see God moving in their life continually. But we see the, the angels and we see the supernatural. We see the power of God being revealed in their lives as they chose to continue to maintain a strong conviction when it came, came to God and His teaching. It says this in verse 21. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those who came and, and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought, to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Then when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison, in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Now, I want to stop here. Because you know, if God would have busted us out, we would have moved to Tahiti or something. We would have got out of there. Man, for sure, if we stand here, they're going to come right back and arrest us again. But, but because these individuals know that it is God who, who is the supreme ruler. He is the one that is on their side. God is helping them to get free from all their fear and primarily the fear of man. And all of us here have to embrace this when it comes to our life and maintain a strong conviction. We're not arrogant. We're not proud and haughty. We're not troublemakers. But we are going to stand with God. And this is the mentality that we have to develop as Christians. It says here in verse 26, Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned and when they had brought them they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name and look you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine (laughs) and intend to bring this man's blood on us I want to stop here this is the devil's greatest fear This is what he doesn't like. He doesn't have us, he doesn't mind us having church services. He doesn't mind us, you know, doing little good things in the community and different things like that. What what he does not like is when people begin to embrace the teachings of the Lord. And his thoughts, God's thoughts, become their thoughts. God starts to infuse them with his word, and he begins to change them from the inside out. Because ultimately, it's God's word that matters. It doesn't matter what the devil says. At the end of the day, God's truth is what's going to set somebody free. And so they're here and they say, "We didn't, didn't we command you not to teach in his name? Meaning who authorized you to do this? And, 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 and we're, not, we're not, you know, this isn't something that... I'll, I'll just say this. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there is power in his name. There is authority in his name. There is strength in his name. There is ability in his name. And chains are broken through the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so for us, we have have to take this posture as we're considering what we're doing as Christians that I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm speaking in his name. He's authorized me to use his name. And they did not like that. Because the devil doesn't like it when we know this. He says, did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Doctrine is important. I love miracles and I love the power of God. But we have to teach people. The first thing Jesus did was sit down and teach people. He got them filled with, with his teachings. And they begin to understand how he views things and processes things and how he sees the world and how the world was supposed to be and what he's doing to bring restoration. It's through teaching. It's through teaching. I love getting a touch from the Lord. I love the power of God. I love prophecy and deliverance and I love healing. One of the things I love is to sit down and, and allow the word of God to speak to me. I love preaching. I love to listen to people preach. To hear them teach the Bible and to teach God's mind. It's a wonderful thing. But this doctrine was going forth and he said, you filled all Jerusalem. Man, my prayer is that the San Francisco Bay Area is filled with God's doctrine. Can I have an amen, y'all? That is filled with the doctrine of Christ. That wherever you go, the word of God is being released. And God is, is using people to teach his word. He says, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Apostle Paul and Peter and the apostles, they testified at exactly what happened. You guys crucified the Lord. And he says this in verse 29. He says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, Number one, and this is point number one, for how we maintain a strong conviction. He says it here. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. Amen. This is point number one. And it has to be. When it comes to maintaining a strong conviction, we have to go back to this point first. And that is, it's our responsibility to obey God rather than men. The men, men are always going to change, people change. You know, even when it comes to the laws of the land, they're going to change. But God's law doesn't change. His standard doesn't change. What he said doesn't change. Well, pastor, you need to be more contemporary. And this is the 21st century. I don't care what century it is. This word is for yesterday, today, and for tomorrow. Can I have an amen? And for thousands of years. God's word is always yes, and it is amen to the glory of God the Father. It is always relevant. It is always now. God's not, word is not confined to time. It is. It is. It is. It always will be. And we have to get this in our minds that it doesn't matter what the culture thinks is acceptable. What people think is right. We always have to go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say about this particular situation or circumstance? What does it say about marriage? What did God say about about raising kids? What did God say about how we work on our jobs? What did God say? What does His Word say? It doesn't matter what my friend says. It doesn't matter. And and if you're preaching the Bible, I want to hear what the Bible has to say about this. You can't turn it just because people, it, it was going to be more comfortable for people. The issue is, is what does God say? He said, we rather, He said, we got to obey God rather than men. And that's how you get a strong conviction. This is how we maintain it, is we go back to the one who saved you. Go back to the one who redeemed you. Go back to the one who purchased you. Go back to the one who established you. Go back to the one who called you. The one back to the one who delivered you out of bondage and all your sin. Go back to him. But what we do is we go, we, we, we start looking, well, you know, well, Johnny, you know, it's okay, Johnny. It's okay, Johnny. It's all right, you know. You know, we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And, you know, my intention is to hurt anybody's feelings. But sometimes the Word is going to hurt your feelings. The Word is going to hurt your feelings. But it's going to heal you real good. Can I have an amen? It's going to hurt you. And I've been, I've been around this thing for a while now. And I know it. God will break you down. Woo, I've been there many times. God will break you down you finally say well then kill me then (laughs) god said i'm not gonna kill you i'm gonna raise you up and you're gonna be better you're gonna love more you're gonna worship more you're gonna study more you're gonna pray more you're gonna lean on me more you're gonna trust in me more i'm gonna take all your independence And I'm going to make you completely dependent upon me. Can I have an amen? But that's the safest place you could ever be in your life. It's right in the hand of the master. And for all of us, we have to see that when it comes to us walking with God, we're going to confront this on a day-to-day basis. We're going to confront, are we going to do what God says, or are we going to do what's comfortable and what man says is okay? Jesus looks at Peter and he says get behind me Satan for you are mindful of the things that be of man and not the things that be of God and this is what the devil does he makes he tries to get us mindful of the things that be of man and he blinds us to the things that be of God Jesus saw it he said you mean well but this cross is necessary you mean well Peter but you don't even understand this 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 area that i'm going into is necessary for you and for the whole world but oftentimes we give in to what man is saying instead of staying focused on what god is saying and we got to know it's something that god's saying we got to know it's something that this is what the bible says don't give me your opinion show me some scriptures and not just one because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Can I have an amen? amen. And so what happens is, we want to make sure from, from, a, from a biblical standpoint, that we're staying in that place where we're saying, God, we rather obey you than men. These people's life is in the balance. They're sitting here as apostles of Christ. They're standing for these people. They know they're justified in the sight of God, but they have to make this clear. I'm gonna stand with God. Saints, stand with God. It doesn't matter if it's children, family members, co-workers, bosses, church folk, stand with God. And this is how we maintain this. We've got to go back to Him. Okay, what did God say? And this is what the first thing that Apostle Paul, I mean, that, that Apostle Peter does, and I love this. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Look at verses 30 and 31. These are great. It says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. I want to read that again. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God, is ex- ex- exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Point number two is we have to always remember the work of the cross. This is important. We have to always remember the work of the cross. Number one, we have to obey God rather than men. Number two, we have to always consider the work of the cross when it comes to maintaining a strong conviction. Because at the heart of it all, this is where it starts. I have to be fixed in my belief that Jesus died for my sins, that Jesus was buried. ...for my sins, and he was raised to the right hand of the Father for my justification. The work of the cross, and this is what he's citing. He's citing what ha- happened. He's saying, you guys killed him, but God raised him to the right hand of the Father. And he's, re- he's reciting to them the work of the cross. And it's the same thing for us when it comes to maintaining a strong conviction. Because when you're convinced of Jesus' death, burial, and, work, and resurrection... Which is really the, the, the summary of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you to maintain a sense of courage. When you know that he went the distance for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my heart is to go the distance for him. I remember the work of the cross. Everything that Jesus did to secure victory for me in my life. He did it through the cross. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we never lose sight of that and that helps us to push through all the the fog and the murkiness and all the stuff that's going on around us from a cultural standpoint and have this position of boldness and courage and strength but you'd be be surprised how uh, uh, how many people don't know the gospel and aren't fully convinced in the power of the gospel the simplicity of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And how powerful that is for us. Jesus died for my sins. He was buried. He rose and He's sitting on the right hand of the Father as my advocate. As my high priest. He stands on my behalf. He is a representative of humanity. Those that have been redeemed sitting right. On the right hand of the Father. He is the justifier. And for all of us, we have to see this. So when the devil comes to bring accusation against us, we have to know that we have an advocate. That we have been justified. We have been freed from blame. And that it is Jesus. He is the one who stands before our our side. And I think it's all of us here. We have to stop and say, man, do I really know this? Because if I can get this down in my spirit, it'll help me to deal with all the cultural sways and pressures and life's issues.
3: Growing in Christ to be refreshed by His grace. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we want to express our gratefulness to you for joining us here on the broadcast. We do trust you've been ministered to and encouraged in Christ. If you would like to review today's broadcast, we do have copies available on CD. Contact us for the details, won't you? You can reach us at 800-374-9204. Again, that's 800-374-9204. Or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. If you would like to know more about Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman and The Well here in Livermore, California, stop by our website and take advantage of some of the resource materials and information about us. We can be found at thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. And while you're there, don't forget to stream our services live. Find out more at thewellchurch.net. And again, you can reach us by phone at 800-374-9204. We thank you for joining us today, and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.